0: Thomas Watson, the great Puritan preacher said, Soon the battle will be over. It will not be long now before the day will come when Satan will no longer trouble us. There will be no more domination, temptation, accusation, or confrontation. Our warfare will be over and our commander, Jesus Christ, will call us away from the battlefield to receive the victor's crown what a glorious day that will be. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity, and if you're new here uh, to this show, we typically do our best each week to help Christians understand the world around them and how to live a life that's pleasing to God. Uh, in the midst of it all so just a heads up if you are new uh this will not be a typical episode we will be back to normal next week Uh, but this week i'm just looking to sort of speak about something that's been kind of pressing on me and i just wanted to discuss so again not a typical episode for better or worse um but stick around next week to give us a full opportunity to um see if we're worth your time and uh For what may be the first time in the history of the Religionless Christianity podcast, I'm flying solo um, for this Saturday show. I've done devotionals by myself in the past, and Nikki, my wife, has also done regular podcast episodes herself in the past, but I'm not sure if I have done them by myself um, without her. So I don't like being without her, but I'm on the road, as you can tell by the core behind me. This is not our typical studio. Um, I'm on the road here. So uh, today, for this episode, I'm really going to forego looking at the news really at all and instead just kind of discuss what I've been pondering really here over these last three to four days while I've been at the Puritans Conference. That's why I'm on the road here. I came to Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, for a three-day conference on the Puritans, and that's just what I want to discuss. So as far as prayer requests, uh, by the time you're listening to this, I'm either traveling on my way back home, so I mean, I may have already been there depending on when you listen to this, but pray for my safe travels, that I make it back home safely. I would certainly appreciate that. Um, We're going to skip all of our normal plugs and everything and just get into the episode here so I'm not keeping you guys here too long. So, you know, as I sat in Grace Community Church these last three days, listening to great sermon after great sermon, um, it was, I think, 15 sermons over the last three days. So over 15 hours of really just preaching um, in the last three days about these men, the Puritans, and what struck me and kept coming back to my mind is that what really set them off, set them sort of on the course that would, um, you know, that they would walk in, is really in a religious nation, a Christian nation that didn't adhere strictly enough to the
1: word of God. That's what set them off. Think about that. The biggest rub um, that they had was against the Church
0: of England. And it was that while they were Christian and held many, um, or held in many ways to reformed Protestant theology, the church's governance and worship was still too Catholic. It was too extra biblical, right? That's what set them off. That's incredible. Like, ju- juxtapose that to our nation today. We, America are not even close to a religious nation you know we could be more likened to a bathhouse in hell than anything that resembles a nation whose God is the Lord or whose Lord is God you know but yet here we sit right Christians fully engaged in the culture, fully immersed in society you know we got our Joshua 24:15 As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you know, wall art above our couch as we sit there and watch House of Dragons or Game of Thrones on TV or whatever, you know, other morally bankrupt show Netflix decides to recommend to us. And, you know, one of the points, there were so many good points, Um, if I can show you my uh, Puritan's Conference workbook. Well, they gave us notes in the back and I wound up taking, you know, so many notes that I wound up filling up all the pages and had to go to the front of the book and just start writing notes in wherever I could find an open space.
1: Um, But one of the points that... The the speaker Michael Reeves
0: brought up during his sermon. He said, and this was on his sermon called The Big God of the Puritans. And he said, When God is small, sin is small. When God is big, sin is vile. So how small is our God? How undeserving of our affections or unworthy of our devotion, you know, has He become in this nation? The Apostle Paul of Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I don't think we believe that anymore. Right? We don't believe that we ought to fear and tremble before the Lord. We say, "Well, if God is for me, who can be against me?" We say, "God is for me, He is mine." I think the Puritans would say, "Oh no, sinner, <laughs> you are His." right? And we would do well to remember
1: that. He is not ours, we are His. And you know that verse that we so love to put on
0: our homes as wall art, Joshua 24, 15, you know, is a verse we ought to actually read and we ought to actually ponder it before we just slap it on our wall. You know, here's the full verse and we'll start in uh, verse 14. One verse earlier, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the regions beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, notice he says, Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. He doesn't say, serve him with your lips while your heart is far from him. Serve him with your wall art while, you, you know, while your joy and security is found elsewhere. He says, serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that our father served. How is that relevant to us? You know, my parents, their generation, the baby boomers, I would say they have brought us so much evil, and they've taken us so far from God. Now, not all of them, of course. My mother, my father, I would say I was certainly blessed to have. But honesty requires that we acknowledge the baby boomers' generation brought us sex, drugs, and rock and roll, brought us feminism that became radical feminism brought us abortion on demand. They brought us gay marriage, and they're now giving us transgenderism. The baby boomer generation by and large has chosen the God that they will serve. His name is Satan. So do we serve that God as our parents' generation did? Or do we
1: turn back to the Lord? I would say the prospect is not looking promising. But then the question from Joshua, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day
0: whom you will serve, whether the, god of your fa- or whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. You know, we could say the god that our parents served in the 60s um, the, or the god of America in whose land we dwell, right? And I would say self, right? That's who they serve. And I would say because self is Satan. Self-worship is Satan. When we serve self, you know, which is the God that so many in this nation serve, we're serving Satan. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, abortion, feminism, homosexuality, transgenderism, security over liberty, those are selfish things. That's self-worship. You know, we're serving ourselves when we fight and demand these things. So do you choose those like our parents did? Or like Joshua, do you choose
1: the Lord? Like the Reformers, do you choose the Lord? <laughs> like the Puritans, do you choose the Lord? Uh,
0: Pastor MacArthur, during a and a at the Puritans conference, He said, America today is a nation that looks as though Jesus never came. He called it pre-Christ. He called it paganism 2.0. He said, we live in a pagan culture, and I agree with him. If you've listened to this show for any time, you know the way that (laughs) me and Nikki feel about the culture in America. Um, So we certainly agree with him. And he went on and he warned that hard times are most likely coming for Christians in this nation. And I'll just add on to that, you know, as elections are coming up, that if you're holding out the hope that the Republican majority in the House or the Senate is going to save us, I pray that you would repent for your misplaced faith. Um, Because these are the same cowardly and corrupt in many ways men that led us to the pagan society that we are in currently. You know, the Mitch McConnells, the Kevin McCarthys, they aren't going to rescue us. They can't rescue us. Only God can. You know, we cannot continue to place our hopes in electing either godless or spineless men, or worse, women, and hope that they fix the mess we're in. And then just one last note from Pastor MacArthur. He said, in societies like ours that hate the truth, Christianity becomes the archenemy of everything. That should send
1: chills down our spine about what we should expect going forward in the months and years ahead. So
0: my message is we would do well to learn from the Puritans. You know, they get a bad rap in our society today. They sort of get painted as like these stuffish or these stuffy like English, you know, fire and brimstone preachers. They had no joy. They had no fun. But that really couldn't be further from the truth. You know, they were men and women who loved God, loved him passionately. They loved God's word. You know, not as we claim to love God today, you know, while living lives in so many ways that God finds abominable, you know, but they loved him. Like, you know, King David, who most probably wrote, you know, Psalms 119, that's what most commentators would say. Um, But like King David, right? In Psalms 119, verse 97, he says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. And does David strike you as one who was stuffy, joyless, fire and brimstone? No, I mean, for heaven's sake, he's writing songs to God. He's playing, plays music. He's writes about dancing before the Lord, right? That's hardly stuffy and joyless. Um, So, you know, that's not who the Puritans were. Rather, they're men that we should resemble, men and women that we should resemble. They chose God in obedience to God over the pleasures of this world and implored others to do so. And they really devoured the word of God. They studied it endlessly. They preached it passionately. And then they had courage. They had conviction on top of that. And they were intelligent and charming men and women by and large, you know, they were anything other than how they
1: get painted today. And I think a lot of the, a lot of why they get painted the way that they do um,
0: is to discourage us to follow after them. You know, I think that their standard is too high. It's too lofty and it easily exposes the flaws and shortcomings in other people's faiths and i think that's why it's discouraged to us and i think that's a shame. you know, our goal and our desires should be for the lofty things. you know, for holiness, for righteousness. that's what we should be shooting for, not boy, you know, those puritans, i mean, you open a puritan book. <laughs> you know, i think i've probably talked about freedom of the will on this channel before and on this
1: podcast before. i mean, Lord have mercy! Trying to read through a that book is, you know, it's
0: thirty pages of type eight font printed about what does the will mean. It's insane to think your mind can't even hardly go there. That's how deep and how um, how much they dissected the word to get to the root and the truth and understand it every which way and that should be our goal. When we read the word of God, it should be to, to dissect it, not just to, oh, I'm supposed to read scripture every day. So let me get my Bible reading out of the way, or let me open my Beth Moore, um, you know, devotional and and read for 15 minutes so I can, no, it should be to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know, that's wh- where we go to find it is the word of God. And that's what they did. And that's I mean, it's evident in everything they wrote and everything they preached.
1: And that should be a goal of ours. That's what we should be shooting for. And what's interesting about the Puritans is they didn't win, right? Necessarily, their goal was to
0: purify the Church of England. That's where they got the name Puritan from. They wanted to purify the Church of England. And they didn't win, necessarily, at least not in England anyway, you know, they eventually had to flee many of them to the new world over to America. And here, many of their beliefs did take root and they were more influential here. Um, but even in the face of it in England, their faith didn't waver. You know, they didn't capitulate in the face of adversity. They never said, well, eh, you know, fine, this is getting difficult. We'll just give in and accept, you know, the Church of England, whatever they want. No, they understood God's truth, and they weren't willing to accept any less than that. And again, that's why they were derided in England, because they held others to that same high standard. People are no different today than they were then. They hate the high standard. They'd much rather have everyone down in the pig pen with them than somebody standing outside the pig pen telling them to get cleaned up and follow them. We've never liked that. Um, But that's a lesson we can learn. And I think it's a lesson we must learn. You know, and I think as Pastor MacArthur talked about, the time may be short. Um, And this isn't learn this so that we can somehow win the nation back to God. I mean, we should certainly try to do that. I think that's a good and noble thing. (laughs) to be influential in the culture and try to win it back to Christ. But we should look to emulate the Puritans because God is worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise. That's why we should do it. He's worthy of our devotion. He's worthy of our affections. Um, John Piper was at the conference, and in his address, he spoke on the joy of the Puritans. And he said, affection for God is commanded. It is not subjective. You are commanded to be affectionate towards God. It's not like, well, if you love me, that's great. No, we're commanded to love God, to have affection for God. And if we love God,
1: we'll love his word. If we love God, we'll love his law. As David said, and how we love God, um, it'll become evident, I think. You know, we'll forsake the trappings of this world. And we'll focus our attentions on
0: our eternal home. You know, and if you don't have affections for God, if you don't have love for God, love for his word, love for his law, I would say, then fear your, have fear for your own soul, is what I would tell you. If these things aren't in you, You would be foolish to think that your salvation is assured. And in fact, you would have every right to doubt your salvation. You would be wise to doubt your salvation. Uh, Thomas Watson, the Puritan preacher said, The wicked in hell shall be always dying but never dead. The smoke of the furnace ascends forever and ever. Oh, who can endure thus to be ever upon the
1: rack? the word ever breaks the heart. That's terrifying, but take heart. (laughs) If you're hearing this podcast today is the day of salvation.
0: So I would implore you to fall on your knees and cry out to God to save your soul. In fact, I would implore you to reach out to me or Nikki, um, come on our social media, find our email on our social media, reach out to us. Um, go to our website. It's all in the show notes. (laughs) Reach out to us. We would love to speak with you about that. But for everyone else who counts themselves among the saved, what else are you waiting for to give your hearts and lives over to God? Not with just words, but in thought and deed. This world can't satisfy us. You know, another new trinket won't do it. Another new boyfriend or girlfriend won't do it. More money, more vacations, none of that will satisfy us. Glorifying God through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, is what will satisfy us.
1: That and that alone. Um, You know, when we look, if we do this right, (laughs) like the Puritans did,
0: and we look different, and the world sees something different in us, and the joy that is, you know, unspeakable to a lost and dying world, eh, they may sneer, they may mock, but many others will long to know what we know, right? Which will open up opportunities to point them not to what we know, but who we know, the Lord of glory. That's our, that's what we want. Point them to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That would be our goal. That's why we would want to live like the Puritan. um, So that others would see it, and they would see that joy and that devotion, and it would inspire them to a higher place. Um,
1: So that's my hope. So my sermon recommendation uh, is what many would consider... Uh, the
0: greatest sermon ever preached, um, at least maybe on these American shores um, by somebody not named Jesus, of course. I mean, you know, he takes the cake and everything, right? But, uh, and this is by what they would call the American Puritan, um, Jonathan Edwards, America's theologian. And it's a sermon titled Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And I hope that you give it a listen. I hope that you enjoy it, but that's all I really got for this episode. I just wanted to get that
1: off my heart that, man, we need to start taking seriously our call as Christians um, and really take serious looking
0: different than this lost world. Um, We can't be in a position of claiming to hate the tree while loving the fruit. We can't. Um, This is, you know, I don't care that we get called hypocrites, because typically it's people that are calling us hypocrites that are themselves hypocrites. Um, In fact, a Christian, a hypocrite makes a perfect Christian, right? I know the right way to live. It's in the Bible. I can't do it. (laughs) I
1: acknowledge that. That's the reason I've called on Christ. Um, But, you know, We just, time is short. Souls are on their way to hell. um, And they don't
0: see anything that looks different from the church of God. And that's a problem. uh, Because they should see something different. They should hear something different. Our life should look different. Our family should look different. Um, How we spend our money, how we spend our time, all of that should look different than the way they do then they have a compare and a contrast um, that can you know give them something to think about instead of whatever it is we do now that looks just like them. even to the point where our churches we invite you know we make our church look like the world to invite the world in what do they see what are they being drawn to and lifted up to so I just, it weighs heavy on me. And I just hope that, you know, you'd hear my heart in this and consider the Puritans. If you've never considered them before, um, go search out a book by Jonathan Owen, or, um, you know, even Jonathan Edwards, or Richard Baxter, or, you know, John Bunyan, go pick up Pilgrim's Progress, if you've never read it, and just consider what it means to live a life devoted to God. What does that look like? Um, Just consider it, lift it up to God in prayer um, and let the Holy Spirit work on your heart. So um, we'll be back on Monday with our normal daily devotionals though, this being October and this being really Reformation month. We're going to be really spending our time looking at the 95 theses as we work our way to Reformation Day. So that's what our daily devotionals are going to be focused on. I pray that you would come and give those a listen. And then we'll be back uh, Saturday. Mickey will be back with me and our normal episodes looking at the news of the week plus a Bible topic. We're still working our way through the road to salvation. I think we'll be on point five next week talking about that plus the news and you know back to to normal life normal podcast so that is all we got for you guys today god bless
1: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90% lean ground sirloin
0: for $4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7up all with your card